you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and this is Locked On Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk. And boy, I wish I had a happier result to talk about with all of you today, but I do have a good conversation with Josh Ward from Locked On Vols as we recap this Missouri-Tennessee basketball game, and also we talk a little bit of football at the end. So you know what? Without further ado, here's Josh. So we begin a crossover postgame episode here of Locked on Vols and Locked on Mizzou. John Miller of Locked on Mizzou. I'm Josh Ward of Locked on Vols. And, John, it was a decisive win for Tennessee, and Tennessee led by a comfortable margin pretty much throughout the game. What did you think seeing what Tennessee was able to do in that game? Oh, was it? Was it a decisive win for Tennessee? No, seriously. Of course it was a decisive win for Tennessee. Missouri was down 21 to four, I believe, after the second TV timeout. And yeah, you know, it, it was, it's one of those things where obviously all you volunteers fans are very familiar with Conzo Martin. And I think one thing with this team is they generally get off to slow offensive starts. But man, Tennessee was just firing on all cylinders those first eight, 10 minutes. They didn't even miss a shot. Am I right, Josh? Yeah. They, uh, their first missed shot ended up, uh, leading to an offensive rebound and putback to still score on the possession. So right. Tennessee was able to do whatever it wanted to offensively. The Vols didn't take many threes. They were getting close to the basket, so you were taking higher percentage shots there, right? I think, obviously, helped Tennessee. Uh, and when Tennessee took a three, the, it was going to go in. The Vols were 5-7 behind the three-point line. And then, you know, on the flip side, I know Missouri's not a very good shooting team from the outside, but it was a really bad shooting team against Tennessee. No, it certainly was. And and honestly, I think, you know, what something I touched on in my preview episodes leading up to this ball game was that my worst fear is that the previous game against Bradley, you may have noticed this, Josh, M- Missouri barely pulled that game out. I believe it was 54 to 53, something in the mid 50s. Yeah, Missouri. and one bucket with a second to go yes, in the game. Exactly right. And and one by Tillman with a second left in the game. And even though Missouri obviously got the W there, my fear was that Bradley had shown the blueprint for how to beat the Tigers, especially offensively. And that was, hey, basically get back defensively, abandon the offensive glass, make sure that Missouri doesn't get any easy points in the fast break and the early shot clock. And then also in the half court, just simply clog the lane. Because like you you referenced earlier, Josh, Missouri, not a great outside shooting team whatsoever. And obviously, you know, the Tennessee Volunteers are an excellent defensive team. We saw that tonight. So they're very much capable of executing that game plan at a very high level, much higher than what Bradley is. And that's what we saw tonight, in my opinion. Right, and Tennessee is, I think, elite defensively because of everybody's involvement, but what takes Tennessee to that level is Eve Pons, wouldn't you say? A, a guy who was the defense player of the year in the league last year, so it's not like he's come out of nowhere, but I, 
I think he's maybe taken his game to another level in terms of all that he can do. Maybe he's helped by the fact that his teammates are better defensively, but it seems so often that when Missouri was trying to get to the basket early in the game, that shots were just being altered and Missouri players knew that Pons was there, or at least they were thinking about his presence. He had several block shots too, but his ability to change or alter a player's shot, I think is what leads Tennessee's defense. And I thought really affected Missouri from the very beginning. I think there's no doubt that that's true. And and Pons is every bit the defensive player of the year again, this season from what I've seen so far. I mean, he was totally dominant defensively tonight and he he showed a really nice a nice post-up game too so he's got a little bit of offensive game to him as well may not be the greatest perimeter shooter I I can't really say but he's certainly got a bit of a a, a, an offensive game too that I like certainly on the in the paint but yeah defensively man that guy is just all over the court and like you referred to they have some other pieces on the perimeter that are just really long and athletic. And in particular, just from what I've seen, not just in this game, but what else I've seen from the volunteers so far this season, Keon Johnson looks like a keeper to me. There's just, not only is he, he's got the, the physical tools to be a really good defensive players. It seems like he just has a feel for the game, not only on the defensive end, but on the offensive end as well. I, I think he's a real keeper for the balls. No doubt he and Jaden Springer have come in with a lot of expectations, high expectations as highly touted freshmen. The problem with the idea of them being keepers is, will they be able to keep them that long? They're coming off the bench, which is also a scary thing with Tennessee's team for this year. But um, as their as their um, opportunities grow, they might show so much that they could make a leap after this year. They're, they're certainly not going to be at Tennessee for more than a couple of seasons. I think that's fair to say. Okay. But that again, that again comes back to the the depth of Tennessee. Like Tennessee has a, a sophomore is, who was a five-star in Josiah James, who right. doesn't score that much because he does everything else for Tennessee, but that's because he, he doesn't have to score on a lot of teams. He would, he would be asked to do that more. I think very obviously. You know what, if there is a downside to this blowout Missouri defeat at home, it's that I gave you some sound advice, and that was to stay away from this particular bet. But you know what, the next time you need to hit a bet, you got to hit betonline.ag because there is only one place that has you covered for all your bets and only one place that we trust at the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% Welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Yo, know, that's interesting that you bring up Josiah James. Actually, what what is your handle on him as a player? Because, quite honestly, I, I did some scouting. I watched the entire Tennessee game against Cincinnati, and and for me, he just he never totally stood out. And then yet I look at his box score for the season. I'm, I'm very impressed. He's an efficient player on yeah. the box score. Then tonight he didn't totally stand out for me either. He just kind of disappeared. And I've learned for myself, like, okay, if a guy disappears for one game, you can give him a pass. 
maybe two, three games. Now I'm starting to have a question. So I'll ask you, Josh, you, you've had a much closer look at him. What's your feel on him as a player? Yeah, I what I like about Josiah is I think he understands most of what he's supposed to do. And that's why I mentioned that the scoring, it'll be there in certain games. But in this game against Missouri, he took three shots. He just, they didn't need him to score. And last year, they needed more of that from him because they didn't have all of these players that we're talking about. And uh, he, he didn't score enough. He was injured most of the season. And I think a lot of fans came away disappointed. But my thought with Josiah James is he, he's a mature player. He's athletic. He has good size. And he understands the game. So if there are times where he has opportunities to score, I think he will. I think he can be a pretty good shooter, not elite. But he's a guy that he can play good defense. He can handle the basketball. He knows where to be on the floor. And he knows how to set up other teammates. And those other guys are going to be good scorers. So I I think that's good for Tennessee's basketball team. And actually going into this game, Rick Barnes said the most consistent player for Tennessee through the first six games was Josiah Jordan-James. So I think that that shows that the coaching staff – likes a lot of what he's done. I think he's probably a good influence on two freshmen that he can relate to in terms of what their expectations are, Johnson and Springer. So um, that that's good for Tennessee. So I, I, I thought this was a big statement. I still think Missouri can be a good team this year. I, I don't change too much of my expectations. Like I know Missouri's the the second highest ranked team in the SEC coming into this game behind Tennessee. I didn't put Missouri there. I thought Missouri would probably be the the fourth or fifth best team in the conference starting conference play after seeing games against Illinois and, um, and Oregon. Uh, most, I saw most of the Illinois game, not as much of the Oregon game, but uh, I think, I still think Missouri can be there. Now, if, if it has nights where it shoots like it did against Tennessee, I would say good luck. You, you can't go shoot 16, 17% and, and win too many games, I would say, but if they can be an okay shooting team, then I, I still think they can be there. I'll be curious what you think the, the Missouri side will be because yeah, Tennessee fans, I think, still have interest in what happens with Conzo Martin teams. That's natural. And anytime your former coach is, is out there, you're at least keeping track somehow. Yeah, I, I think I'm really very much aligned with you, actually, in terms of Missouri's outlook. Like, I think I, I've said this a little bit on, on my shows leading up to this, but I think they're currently ranked, what, 12th in the AP right now, something like that. I I think I'm more with you. They're more like maybe a 6-7 seed type team. Like Ken Palmer, Missouri at number 40 going into the day. So there's a wide gap there between the pole ranking of number 12, and that's because of their record. Ken Palm goes deeper than that for sure. Right, and they factor in sort of what you've done the past couple years, what they project, especially really early in the season, especially in this weird, you know, truncated season where we've only had, you know, five or six non-conference games for most teams. So even more so than most years, Ken Palm is going to factor in what they projected as opposed to, you know, the first five games of the season. And, and it makes a lot of sense to me that if you're going to be a sort of advanced statistical, trying to predict the future thing that you would factor that in, it actually does make sense over the long term. But again, if you're, if you're ranking teams just based on what's happening this year, I mean, until tonight, I mean, you almost had to put Missouri up there somewhere in the top 15 or 20. So especially I I think those wins were impressive. Yeah, exactly. No, their resume was tough to argue with, but again, I think, Again, you if you really watch closely, you watch what happened that Bradley game, I just thought, you know, there's a little bit of a blueprint here to slow this team down offensively. So So who would you put up uh with Tennessee as Tennessee's the the favorite to win the SEC? Who do you think are the top teams to contend? Uh Missouri's next opponent might be number two, Arkansas. I think LSU's a team to talk about. Who 
would it be those two teams or who else would stand out to you among the top teams in the conference? You know, that that's a good question, and I haven't totally done a complete deep dive on the whole conference yet, but I would agree with you on those teams. I am curious. Now, I know Alabama has probably lost too much. I know they lost, uh, you know, gosh, I'm now I'm blanking on his name. The uh, Kyrie, Kyrie, I, I'm sorry, I'm completely blanking yeah, Kyrie on Lewis. Thank you, Kyrie Lewis. Thank you. I, I knew there was a guard they had who went on to the NBA, but I think Nate Oates is a good coach. I like their style. Just for the future, I think they're in good shape. Probably not this year for them. But, yeah, you look at LSU, you look at Arkansas. Gosh, even Arkansas, though, they've lost a lot, though, right? I mean, I, I like their coach, but they lost Isaiah Joe. They mm-hmm. lost another one of their big scores. Again, I, I'm just kind of putting myself – it's getting late, Josh. I'm, I'm putting myself on the spot here with this, some yeah, of but these yeah, names. Ma- but Mason th- totally cool, Mason Joe. Hey, yeah. there we go. I got it. Thank you. You gave me a, a little bit of a syllable there, and I, I finished the play. But, no, I, I think that's a pretty good – analysis and and really I I, at this moment I think Tennessee is the cream of the crop I think they're probably in a tier by themselves maybe Kentucky at some point with their talent can get back up there but right now I think Tennessee's kind of in a tier by themselves and then there's maybe gosh as many as five or six teams that are in the next tier what do you think and of course do not forget to Check out our new friends at the Locked on Bets podcast because 2020 is almost mercifully over. Just one more day to go. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. So if you're betting this year and want more wins, you got to listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird that Kentucky doesn't really fit into this conversation right now as uh, some sure. Kentucky is the, the favorite or the pick to win the SEC. Right. I think it'll be a good league. I don't think it's going to be a league filled with great teams. I do think Tennessee can be a, a great team. I, I think Tennessee's potential is, is sky high uh, based on what we've seen to this point. And uh, Tennessee's actually ahead of what I thought that it would be at this point. I thought it would take more time with guys still trying to work things out because they didn't have a normal preseason and they didn't get to do everything you normally are able to in terms of games and everything else before the start of conference play. But I, I think you have good coaches in the league, and, and I'm with you. Arkansas, part of it's a muscleman vote. Uh, LSU, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like Will Wade, but I right. still think he's a pretty good coach, and he has good players, and he has Certainly a Certainly he's a great offensive coach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, LSU has a freshman that people are going to want to pay attention to, Cameron Thomas. He can score. Uh, he filled it up in their opener in SEC play. So I, I think it'll be a fun year in the league, and um, I, I'm excited to see what happened. I'm, I, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm surprised that Tennessee did that in this game against Missouri. And anything can happen in any game, but I thought it was going to be a close one. I thought it would be low scoring, uh, but I, I didn't expect Tennessee to come out of the gates firing like that on offense. I thought Missouri would have a little bit more against Tennessee but uh yeah impressive showing obviously for Tennessee and and uh, I'll be curious to see how Missouri bounces back yeah for sure I mean it's just it's tough to come back from from 21 to 4 to put it in a very obvious fashion and you know what Josh can I ask you one more question I'm just I'm a big I'm a big actually maybe two maybe I'll give myself two but I'm kind of a big Viscovi guy I like that guy I almost think at times he should be more aggressive do you think if he's a little more aggressive offensively 
Do you think that maybe makes Tennessee a little better? At the very least, I think when he's going well, I think that offense really hums. Yeah, I think that's true. And uh, it's funny that you bring him up at this point because we haven't talked about him, right? On uh, on Tuesdays on the radio show that I do in Knoxville, uh, Sports 180, we have Ron Slay, who was a, a SEC legend. He was player of the year in the early 2000s, his senior year at Tennessee. And he comes on in the final segment. We hadn't really talked about Viscovi. So we, we need to spend a few minutes on Viscovi before we close things out heading into this Missouri game. And it's easy to do that with him or really any player in the rotation. Like, I don't know that we talk about John Fulkerson much because right. you, just, you know that and he's I like there. Him. And he, yeah. You know he's going to help lead the way. and He's a really uh, solid player. Right. And we have to talk about Pons coming out of this game, but he kind of gets glossed over at times because you get excited about talking about the freshman or Victor Bailey Jr., who has uh, been a leader in, in scoring and shot opportunities for them as a transfer from Oregon. And that, that to me speaks to what Tennessee is. So to come back to Vescovi, yeah, absolutely. He's an important player who can distribute the basketball. He can make plays. He can hit shots. And I think he's more comfortable. He's better defensively after being able to come in and play. He was he was an early enrollee guy last year. So he came in in the middle of the season, joined the team, and boom, he's in the starting lineup. And now Tennessee has a deeper team and more ball handlers. So we don't talk about the importance of Vescovi. But yeah, I think he plays an important role and they need him to be aggressive making plays and taking and knocking down shots because uh, I don't think Tennessee's going to be a great shooting team, but one of its best shooters is Santiago Vescovi. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and you know what, Josh, just... While I have you here, I got to ask you a, just a very broad football question. Okay. Missouri and Tennessee obviously played in week two. The Volunteers really dominated that football game, especially in the trenches. But quite frankly, Missouri did not figure out who their quarterback was quite yet. And yeah. the guy who started that game ended up playing strong safety for them at the end of the season. <laughs> but that that's basically what I'm saying is, is after that, you know, it seemed like things were going great for Tennessee, and then it fell off a little bit. Where are you with Jeremy Pruitt and the whole program? Yeah, that Missouri game was the peak of the season for Tennessee. Either that or the first half against Georgia. Tennessee played Georgia the next week and yep. had the lead. They sure the did. Quarters, and then it all fell apart. So whichever side you want to pick there. But um, Jeremy Pruitt has a lot to figure out. And I think right now he is going to be the head coach in 2021. That's not guaranteed. Tennessee is not – done anything officially Philip Fulmer has implied that he's going to be the coach with statements that they put out but what is the administration thinking and uh at the beginning of the season I had Tennessee five and five so I didn't have incredibly high expectations and still Tennessee fell well short of what I expected with the three and seven record with losses to Arkansas and Kentucky and all of their losses were by double digits so it was a disaster of a season uh, I don't think Jeremy Pruitt's going to get it done at Tennessee is my answer in terms of what fans are expecting. Fans are expecting Tennessee to still get back and compete for SEC championships. And I just don't have anything to point to to say that Jeremy Pruitt's going to get them going in that direction. They're recruiting, they're recruiting well, but nowhere near where Georgia and Alabama are, the top teams in the SEC. And the on-field result you know, was a, was a huge disappointment, which then will affect everything off the field. And now you've questions about the coaching staff not just the head coach so uh i think he's the head coach in 2021 that appears to be the case but that's not guaranteed but 2022 and beyond i'm very skeptical but is that realistic to expect tennessee to still recruit at a georgia alabama level it seems like it's been a long time since they've done that not they haven't recruited a good level but at that absolute a elite level i don't know it's been a long time no uh probably not and it's a bit of a 
chicken or the egg issue for Tennessee football, isn't it? Sure. To recruit at that level, you need to win some of those games, but you don't have the players that Georgia and Alabama do. Tennessee was getting closer there, though. They had a a really good run in the spring and summer and had, at a time, a top five class. That was going to pull back because it was just a numbers issue. But they lost some of the highly tatted commitments, and they missed out on some guys that they were in the running for that I I think if they beat Arkansas, Kentucky, maybe land. But losing those games and questions about the coaching staff's future hurt with other players who were still undecided who then ended up going to Georgia in a a lot of the cases that I'm talking about here and uh, where Tennessee is recruiting is uh, is not even what I why what I expected or I think most people expect uh, from Tennessee so you know it's it's a place where you can be number 15 in the country and seventh in the SEC and that's part of the challenge that Jeremy Pruitt's facing I don't think it's an easy job um, that that he's taken on but I also agree there yeah I, I also don't think he's done a particularly good job Uh, in it either yeah I almost think you know frankly Tennessee is a little bit like Nebraska and I say that as somebody who's very familiar with Nebraska it's like you know back in the day Nebraska was totally dominant and it just feels like for whatever reason circumstances have changed and I don't know if they're ever going to get back. Maybe they will. I mean, they certainly have, you know, if you compare them to Missouri, certainly have a better recruiting base, a better fan base, all that stuff. But I I just wonder if maybe Tennessee's, their fan base's own expectations aren't working against them a little bit at times. At times, probably so. Again, I would say here the problem is that Tennessee fell so far short, so yeah, far below sure. what the expectations were. Like if, if Tennessee had gone five and five, if they had beaten Kentucky and beaten Arkansas, fans would not have been excited about it, but I don't think they would be outraged either. No, I think that's totally fair. And honestly, yeah. that, that blowout loss to Tennessee, that's a really big black mark because frankly, that Kentucky team early in the season, people thought, well, they got a great defense and all that. That team was smoking mirrors, to be honest, at the end of the day. So that, that yeah. was a rough loss. So I, I'm 34 kinda, to I, seven. I hear <laughs> you. I mean, yeah. at the same time, if you're Tennessee, I think get be careful comparing yourself to Nick Saban and Alabama. But I'm with you. Sure. You got to have you can have higher expectations than getting blown out by Kentucky at home. That's certainly a fair expectation. No doubt. Uh, I think everybody has higher expectation than that. <laughs> certainly yeah. Mizzou does, too. So I'll give you that one for sure. For, so, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, uh, John, it's been fun. Uh, we were able to, to knock this out after the game. So a postgame episode. And I appreciate you taking some time to join me. I, again, I expected a closer game. I, I kind of wish that it had been just from an entertainment standpoint but obviously Tennessee fans are going to walk away from the SEC opener feeling pretty good and I'll be curious to see what Mizzou does I believe against Arkansas next so a tough second game coming up in conference play yeah no doubt I mean Missouri definitely wants to avoid an 0-2 start so hopefully hopefully we'll avoid that down in Fayetteville and yeah great talk Josh and I'm with you wish it would have been a more fun game but a fun conversation as always my man Yep, thanks to everybody for uh, being with us here on a crossover edition, Locked On Vols and Locked On Mizzou, and it's, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.